Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Tonight, we're going to talk about films, of course, why, because films are important. They're always important. Art, especially during these times, is very important. I was thinking long and hard about what to talk about. You know, we had talked about A Hard Day's Night on Friday. Um, Yesterday, I decided to take a day off, you know, which I can do. And so I compiled an episode of many different podcasts spliced together, kind of like Pinky in the Brain, you know. We could talk about that, but that was an episodic television series, a cartoon series that I loved. The theme song, which I'm not going to sing because that could get me in a lot of trouble copyright-wise, you know, and I was just thinking long and hard, you know, what film to talk about, you know, because we are, I think, 26 days away from Halloween. I could be wrong. I could be right. Who knows? And leading up to that, you know, we're going to talk about maybe The Exorcist and The Shining. I had talked about Dr. Sleep previously, you know, and I thought, let's just talk about The Shining. You know, The Shining came out 40 years ago. I didn't see it 40 years ago because I was in utero. See how that goes together? I was just a fetus when The Shining first premiered in May of 1980. Okay? So when I finally did see The Shining, I think I saw it on Thanksgiving. I don't know why I watched it then. I didn't feel any cabin fever, you know. Now, I've heard of the legendary stories, and Stephen King himself has said that he did not like the film. He had a discussion about it with Stanley Kubrick, and Stanley Kubrick had a vision for a different movie versus the book. And, you know, so there's there's that, you know, some people prefer the book, you know, the, the Kubrick film really is a legendary film. You know, of course, the twins at the end of the hall come play with us, Danny, you know, that I think that freaks a lot of people out. Um, I had a friend in college, may she rest in peace. She loved The Shining. She was always obsessed with the room 237. If you've seen The Shining, you know what was inside room 237. In fact, there is a documentary about room 237. And my friend, you know, she loved she loved horror films. She loved scary movies. She loved tarantulas as well. And whenever I watch some, you know, there's a lot of scary movies I haven't watched. I remember watching Dawn of the Dead with her. We would watch, you know, um, what is it? That one about the house. You know, we watched the remake. We watched the original. You know, she and I would have many discussions about The Exorcist and how I thought a little of it was a little silly. But then I, I had to look at it from a different vantage point because I wasn't raised religious. So a lot of those things I was like, oh, okay, what what's that all about? I knew about holy water. Trust me, I knew about it. But back to The Shining, you know, The Shining, there were, right before The Shining, you know, Stephen King had written many, many novels. Carrie was the first novel made into a film. So to have The Shining, you know, The Shining took a long time, I think maybe almost two years to make. Stanley Kubrick would do 500 takes, um, you know, Shelley Duvall has said that she had a nervous breakdown after making The Shining. Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall had a totally different experience with The Shining. Jack thought it was cool, you know, um, 
Jack has never Jack doesn't give a lot of interviews. He doesn't do television. You know, that's just not his thing. But Shelly has given many interviews and, you know, has stated that she got bollocking after bollocking from Stanley Kubrick. And, you know, as Jack put it, he says, oh, you know, he was a really good director, but he it was an entirely different situation with Shelly. Now, I can understand where Stan, uh, Stephen King doesn't like the film. And here's why. It's because... <clears throat> Shelley Duvall is playing a very um, how do I say this a very stereotypical um, we could say a very sexist version of a woman who's just scared and hysteric all the time women are not like that all the time and, and Stephen King had a problem with that is that Stanley Kubrick made the, the character of Wendy into this this parody of itself, okay? And how the film was very cold. You know, if you've seen the film, at the end, everything freezes. But in the novel, everything burns. So there's a warmth to it. That's what, that's what Stephen King has stated. Now, the film itself, the film, I love what Stephen King once said of The Shining. He says, The Shining is an escalator ride. And that's true. Because there is stops along the way. I mean, you have room 237. You have the little boy. I mean, the term shining, the book, the title is from what the little boy can do. Little boy has a form of telepathy and maybe a little bit of telekinesis. And he believes that this little boy lives in his head called Tony. Or as he says to the therapist, there's a little boy that lives in my mouth, and his name is Tony. And he has an episode where he sees the Overlook Hotel and blood, and he faints. And so the doctor comes to, I think it was a psychiatrist, to talk to him and the mother. And he's and the little boy is describing, well, the little boy Tony lives inside my mouth and he shows me things. And not really I don't as a little kid he's not understanding, okay, I'm I, I'm a telepath, you know. Um and strangely enough, the the actor who played Danny in The Shining never acted again. Never. Now I think the way Kubrick handled The Shining was they didn't tell the little boy that it was a scary movie. They would just say, act scared, act scared. So the imagery that we all saw, he didn't see, supposedly. It's hard to say. I think with Stanley Kubrick, he liked to bend the truth, we could say. You know, um, he was not as bad as w- William Friedkin. You look at William Friedkin when they were doing The Exorcist, he slapped that priest to make him emote because the priest was not an actor or how he told you know them to pull Ellen Burstyn until she said turn the effing camera off and so with Stanley Kubrick you know a lot of people who have worked with Stanley Kubrick they love him and then they hate him so and that's the thing with his films now with The Shining The Shining is truly an escalator ride and Jack Nicholson this is Jack Nicholson's movie everything that you can think of room 237 you know um, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy you know or of course the the most famous infamous moment here's Johnny 
And we all, you know, I'm not going to tell you what happens in The Shining because I know there's a few of you who have never seen The Shining. You know, and it's um, it's funny when I tell people about The Shining and they're like, oh, yeah, that came out in 1980. I was like, yeah, I was just a fetus. And they'll be like, really? When did it come out? In May of 1980. I, I didn't arrive until December of 1980. So it's kind of like, oh, all of these anniversaries coming up. The Shining is just one of those. I've never read the book. I know at some point I need to read the book. I'm still in the process of doing the audiobook of Dr. Sleep, the sequel to The Shining, which is so dark. It's so mythical, um, supernatural. That's the other thing about The Shining. It is the supernatural. This hotel is alive. It's dead, but alive. And it's talking to Jack Nicholson's character, Jack Torrance. And the little boy. We all know about the the lipstick red rum murder. Red rum, red rum. The Shining is one of those movies you just have to watch. Why I watched it on Thanksgiving, I don't remember. You know, and it's also about cabin fever. And especially during these COVID times. I know a lot of you are living with family, living in apartments. You only leave the house for essentials or to go outside. I know people who are back east who are are experiencing cabin fever. And they're taking it out by doing what I call, refer to as political vomit. Whenever it's something political, they want to go off on me. And I don't do that. And I decided not to discuss politics with people. You know, unless I'm related to you or I am in the same vicinity. Even certain friends, I will not discuss politics. And to those of you who want to keep doing that to me, you know, uh, said person, please seek some professional help because I worry. Because just like The Shining, you are experiencing cabin fever, you know, and you're believing all of these conspiracy theories. And you need to be careful. And to my audience, I say to you, be careful of conspiracy theories because, you know, you may believe them, but there's no water to many of them. There's no, you know, there's no weight to them. So you need to think about that. Um, The Shining stirred up a lot of conspiracy theories and... It's it's a classic movie. It's a classic movie, you know? It's it's strange for me to say the 40th anniversary, you know, cuz it did it what it did arrive the same year as me. So it's like, oh, you know, but it doesn't feel that long ago to be honest with you. As a child of the 80s, you know, um I began the 80s and who knows, maybe I'll continue into the 2080s. You never know, especially with the medicine that's going on now. And so, The Shining, what else can we say? Stanley Kubrick, probably one of the most celebrated, um, misunderstood, um, hated, feared. People really did fear Stanley Kubrick for good reason. And you think of, you know, everything from the killing to, you know, Lolita. 
oh my goodness, controversial Dr. Strange love during the Cuban Missile Crisis? Come on. Space Odyssey 2001, Game Changers. You know, Barry Lyndon, A Clockwork Orange, Full Metal Jacket, The Shining, Eyes Wide Shut. You know, and The Shining right there. I mean, he took this book. You know, Stephen King, even then, became this icon. You know, when we think of scary movies, we think of horror films, we think of the novelist that created these characters, that created this psyche, Stephen King. Stephen King is probably one of the most celebrated novelists living today. So much so that, you know, it's become a parody. His, his own son is a writer and doesn't use the last name King. And it wasn't until years later people figured out, oh, that's Stephen King's son, you know, an icon of literature and of films. You think of a lot of the films, horror films, that exist, and they are Stephen King stories. The Stand is coming out this year, the remake of The Stand, You know, last year, Dr. Sleep came out, the movie. Now, with Dr. Sleep, and I have said this, just like in the Shining novel, the movie and the book are totally different. The ending in Dr. Sleep is different. The ending in Dr. Sleep, the movie, is different. So that's why I'm reading, listening to the book. It's like, okay, well, how's it going to lead up to that? You know what I mean? So Stanley Kubrick who has often been called maestro, crazy, fanatic, obsessive, compulsive, crazy, you know, um, action Shelly, (laughs) action Jack, you know. Um, Yeah, The Shining is just one of those movies. It took on a whole nother life. It has been parodied by The Simpsons, Six Feet Under, the imagery of The Shining is legendary and it will continue to be legendary forever. So, you know, this is this is the month of Halloween and you have to indulge. And, and The Shining is not, you know, horror house scary. This is like psychologically scary. You know, you have this hotel filled with these ghosts that is coming back to life and it wants Jack. And showing these little boy these images that he does not need to see. Come play with us, Danny. Forever and ever. Yeah, those little twins. Oh, God. Scary. And how you can hear the, the hotel call to Jack. All these different voices, all these chills. So, as always... As Elvira says, the queen of Halloween, unpleasant dreams. Wendy, I'm home.